0: Today we're going to address one of the dreams that several people have sent to us, and that is how to be noticed and rewarded at work. This is a dream that is part of our 12,000 Dreams initiative once again. We're helping 12,000 people achieve their impossible dream, that dream that from where they stand today seems unattainable. If you'd like to become part of that, there's a link in the show notes that you can take and share with us what your dreams are, and we'll work with our community to help you achieve your dream impossible or even smaller ones. And once again, a lot of people have been telling us that they would like to have a promotion at work, get better raises to be noticed and rewarded. So that's what we're going to talk about today. To lay a background, you have to understand the three things that are required to really be noticed and rewarded. First, you have to do the job they want done and more. Second, You have to fit into the team, whether it's the work team or the full organization, if you're hoping for promotions outside of your current work team. Third, you must communicate your return on investment to management. You have to let them know what you are doing that allows you to be worth more to them so that they invest in you with a bigger raise or a better assignment. Now, I need to cover this issue of promotions as part of a reward. Many people are looking for a ladder, a stepladder promotion path, and that used to work. Back in the 1970s, Before, in the early 70s, during the industrial, big corporate rage that took place from, say, the 1920s to the 1970s, big organizations would have this career ladder path. And typically, I'm going to use General Motors as an example, typically from the very lowest entry level position to the very top at the chief executive officer, there were about 17 steps. So there were 17 rungs on that ladder that you could move up. In the 1970s, late 70s through the 80s and into the 90s, we saw a huge compression in companies. And, and companies went from 17 layers of management down to as small as six or seven. Now, there's been some change since, and there's been a few rungs added back in. But it's still much leaner than it used to be. And and part of the reason for that is off site teams and technology allowed a supervisor who used to be able to only supervise one to six people, that was the span of control that was deemed feasible, to one to twenty. And when you increase by that many, almost it decreases the number of people needed in management So when we talk about promotions today, generally they aren't going to be a step up a ladder. There will be some, but not much. And if you want to know, you can do this exercise. Start with yourself and write down your boss, then their boss, Then their boss and see how long it takes before you're in the chief executive suite. Chief executive officer, chief marketing, chief operations, whatever. And see how your company is. So with this change, there will be less upward promotions. And what has taken its place is being assigned to the best teams, either the most prestigious team, the most exciting team, the most challenging team. And that has to be your definition based on your dream job description. You have to look at your organization, if you're wanting to stay in the organization, look at your dream job and look at what duties, responsibilities you don't have currently that you would like to have or what team you would like to work on. That's going to be the key to promotions in today's world. Now, let's go back to, now that we've laid the groundwork, we're going to talk about three things. First, part of the problem with today's workplace is organizations many times aren't communicating effectively what is expected. And so it's going to be up to you to help identify the expectations management has. Now, to do this, I suggest you look at four specific areas. One, productivity. That's the number of items, the quantity of items you are to produce, process, create, whatever. Second is effectiveness. Do those units that you are processing, working on doing, achieve the result that is desired by management? Are they effective in doing what management wanted them to do? Third is efficiency. That is, are you able to do this task, this responsibility, with the least amount of resources, usually time and money, but it can also be other people. There are a lot of others, but it's how much does it take for you to produce per unit, whatever that unit is. And finally, quality. Quality is sometimes the toughest one. What is the level of excellence that management expects from you? Once again, most companies are not communicating this effectively to their people. So you need to ask questions. I would start by asking your peers, people who are doing the same job that you are, what they see as the expectations that are placed on you as a team, as an individual within that team. What are the expectations? You can ask supervisors, what are the expectations? What is it you would like? What would be the most valuable thing for me to do for this company right now. What would you like me to improve? Would you like me to improve my productivity, my quality, my efficiency, my effectiveness? What is it? Have that discussion with your supervisor. Then we suggest you create a graph. Go into a spreadsheet and create a graph where you identify, here is the expectation, and that is the bar, and it creates a line across your graph. Then each week, you track your performance. You may need to do it each day, depending on the job you have. And you put in your performance into the graph, and you start tracking what is happening. If your current productivity, efficiency, effectiveness, or quality are below the standard, then you're going to work to improve and achieve the standard. If you're already at the standard, you're going to work to improve and go beyond the standard. Now, you're not going to work on all four of them at once. You're going to select one, work on it for a while, graph it, mark it, and communicate what you've done to management, which we'll cover later. Those are the ways to begin to be noticed and rewarded for the job that you are doing. Is it meeting their expectations? Is it exceeding their expectations? Is it significantly exceeding their expectations? Second, you need to fit into the team. The team may be just your little work team that may be scattered throughout the world. It may be a broader division team. It may be uh, the whole company, but you have to fit in. And fitting in means fitting into the culture, fitting into the identity, fitting in to what they want as exceptional people. You don't want to fit in with mediocrity. You want to fit in with those who are leading the pack. And there are two major ways to do this. One is get a mentor. Get a mentor inside the company that will help you learn how to do and fit into the company. They teach you the written and the unwritten rules. They teach you who are the right people to associate with. They teach you what are the things that organizations look for. Is this an organization that fosters creativity or is this an organization that really wants the routine to be followed? What is the culture, the unwritten rules, the environment of that organization? the mentor can help you. Now, there are lots of great articles and books out there on mentoring and finding a mentor. I suggest that you do a Google search or go to your professional association or your union and see what articles have already been written on mentoring in your industry. The second step in this fitting in is to begin to build a network of inside connections inside the company take a look at your job. Make a list of every person you have to interact with or could interact with to do your job better. You may choose that uh, part of your job is working with fleets, so you need to get to know the fleet managers, the mechanics, the purchasing agents. It may be that your job is to process paperwork and you need to know underwriters or you need to know other people, get to know them. Explain that you want to help them do their job the best. You want to be able to provide them with what they need from you and would they be willing to mentor you and help you to do that. Make the connection two-way. Ask them how you can help them and what they need from you to help their job be easier. Build that connection with others. So you now have a mentor and you have an internal network. This is all for fitting into the organization. Third, You need to communicate your return on investment. You've heard me tell the story before about the gentleman who had been put on a layoff list, and he came to our job search workshop, and we were teaching him how to prepare home run statements, and he was working on it. He suddenly threw his pencil down, and he said, they were stupid to let me go. Look at what I did for this company. And I asked them, yes, but did you tell them you had done that? And he said, no, it's their job to notice. And I didn't have to say anything else. The rest of the class helped him understand it was not management's job to notice his performance. It was his job to communicate his return on investment effectively to them. That afternoon, he went back to his manager. He said, I think you're making a mistake in laying me off. He shared his statements and the manager took him off the layoff list. So you need to communicate your return on investment. And you do that by creating home run statements. Home run statements, where there's a whole podcast you can listen to about home run statements. But basically, it is a sentence structured on a baseball field. First base is where. Second base is what you did. Third base is the result. And fourth base, uh, home plate, is affirming it's what they wanted. So for example, you would create a statement using your graph. You go to your graph and you say, you mentioned to me that what you wanted me to do was increase my productivity. I just wanted to let you know that by streamlining my process, developing a better skill, developing a network... I was able to increase my productivity so that not only now meets the minimum standard, but have exceeded it by 4% or use the actual number by 10 units a week. Is that the performance that you were hoping to get? I will continue to work on that. What else would you like me to work on? These statements you should share about once a month with your supervisor. You may share them in an email. You may share them in a conversation. You may share them in a handwritten card. You keep track of all of them. And when it comes time for your performance review, you take all those that you have created and you plug them into the performance appraisal document as, this is what I did. That way, your supervisor knows about them ahead of time, so they're not new, and it reminds them of what you've done. And doing this, I found not only with myself, but with thousands of others, has helped them get the biggest percentage raise offered by that company for their job title. It also opens the door through the networking that you've developed to the teams you want to go to. You are connecting through your internal network with people who are in the teams you would like to become part of. These three things work very well. First, make sure that you are doing the job they want to their expectations and more. You don't want to meet expectations. You want to exceed expectations and greatly exceed expectations. Two, fit into the organization, fit into the work team, fit into the corporation as a whole, fit in using a mentor and your internal network. And finally, each month, communicate your return on investment. Share with them home run statements of what you have done that makes you worth more, makes you a better possibility on the team that they want. I hope this helps. Thanks for listening. I'm Larry Stevenson, and what are you going to do this week to let your dreams work? To reach the unreachable star.